Happy Friday, Saints fans, and welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Friday, May 7th. I'm your host, Caroline Gonzalez, soon to be joined by my co-host, John DeShazer. And on today's show, we continue our Get to Know the Draftee, but we have a bonus edition today. We are going to welcome on the Saints' number 76 pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. It is Paulson Adebo, cornerback out of Stanford. We also, remember I said bonus edition, welcome on his coach David Shaw from Stanford. Now, Paulson did opt out of his senior year, and both Paulson and Coach Shaw talk about that and kind of what the past year looked like in that aspect, but really great interview with the two of them, so you don't want to miss it. Make sure you stay for the entire interview. We will save announcements and things to keep an eye on for the end of the show, but let's go ahead and start things off with Paulson Adebo, followed by his head coach from Stanford, David Shaw. Welcoming on the New Orleans Saints podcast now is Paulson Adebo, the New Orleans Saints number 76 pick in this year's NFL draft for the 2021 season. Paulson comes out of Stanford in two seasons there. He had 97 tackles, eight interceptions, 27 pass deflections, and one forced fumble. Paulson, you are several days away from the NFL draft now after being selected by the New Orleans Saints. Welcome. How are you feeling after a few days removed from it? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, Feeling great. I think first couple of days, obviously, you know, just on the high, you know, obviously uh, something I wanted to achieve since I was super, super little, super young. So, you know, kind of taking the time to celebrate that moment. Um, but then now kind of looking further, okay, looking towards the next step, making sure I start my career off on the right foot. So excited, but kind of, you know, the celebration's kind of done now and now I'm just ready to get the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Also, initially – uh, initially, how does one celebrate being drafted? You know, the parts you can tell us. Yeah, <laughs> me personally, I don't do too much. I had a couple friends over, uh, really just my family and the people that's been there for me, you know, up, you know, throughout my childhood. Didn't do anything crazy. Didn't have like any a party or anything like that. But uh, just had a couple buddies over and then just kind of reminiscing over all times, listening to music uh just kind of taking the moment in so maybe a little boring compared to a lot of these dudes draft parties but for me just just kind of chilling listening to music as long as that works for you well Paulson you said following the draft that one of your mottos was that everything hap- uh everything that happens has to happen obviously a lot of tragedy came out of 2020 but uh you know you you opted out of the 2020 season and chose to prepare for the NFL draft can you talk to us a little bit about what this past year has looked like you mentioned being ready to start things off already you haven't played football in a little bit over a year what did this past year look like for you as far as training and, and preparing for this moment yeah, obviously, past year was difficult for, for everybody um, in, in every single occupation. Um, but for me personally, having opted out my first year not playing football since I was like in seventh grade, right? So pretty much since I was 13, football has been a huge part of my life and a huge part of my routine, you know, whether it was from about August to January every year has looked pretty much the same as far as practicing, training camp, all those things. So this first year, not having that was a little difficult, a little a little different. Um, you had to find ways to, to try to stay in touch with the game. Um, obviously, I was training. I opted out mid-October. And for a lot of different reasons, 
Pac-12 was kind of shaky with with uh, getting the season on board and, again, not pointing fingers anywhere because, you know, nobody's ever seen a situation like this. So it was hard on, on everybody's part. But for me personally, just a lot of uncertainty with the season, decided to opt out about mid-October. So pretty much was training from about mid-October, um, came down to Dallas, Exos facility, um, pretty much training there till about March where up until my pro day. So for me, it just looked like, you know, get my routine down uh, where I was going to train, what agent I was going to sign with. Once I found that, just kind of got to work. Uh, so started doing my speed work, uh, mobility work, started my workout training program. And that was pretty much Monday through Friday, uh, every day for the better part of like five months, five months there. So pretty much just kind of hit it hard. Um, had to had to try to scale things so you're not overworking your body and, and then come combine day, you know, you're burnt out. Um, but I had a good team around me at Exos. They really did a good job, nutrition, uh, mobility. Had a DB trainer out there working with me, uh, DB specific stuff as far as backpedaling, uh, you know, just working on football technique and stuff like that. So that's pretty much what I was doing up until my pro day. And then after my pro day came back, you know, took about, probably a couple of days off and then kind of got back into it, getting cardio and stuff like that. So that's been what, what my years looked like in a nutshell. Um, again, just, just been super weird, not being, you know, with my teammates and stuff like that. But at the same time, I feel like it did give me an opportunity to get bigger, faster, stronger. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm better for it, honestly. Paulson, going back to October, November, did your adrenaline and emotions, I guess, naturally spike on those Saturdays where, you know, your body kind of gets attuned to doing certain things at certain times of year. So, you know, game day, when you felt like it might've been a game day, did your body just kind of naturally spike emotionally and, and the adrenaline? I mean, I don't know exactly from, from an adrenaline standpoint, but definitely from seeing dudes compete. I mean, I'm a competitor. So anytime I'm seeing guys compete um, and not being able to be out there not being able to be out there with my teammates and, you know, kind of show the nation what I got, that was always hard and, and it was tough for me. And the way I got over that is, you know, I'd kind of just take it with a grain of salt and then, you know, I'd use that fuel to kind of power me throughout the week and say, okay, you know what, I'm not practicing right now, but let me make sure that, you know, I'm working hard. That way when I do get eyes on me, if it's a combine or a pro day, um, you know, I'll be able to impress. So I think I did that. So, you know, eight picks in 22 games at Stanford. Um, what are you looking for or, or who do you, I guess, if you model yourself after anyone, is it a combination of players? Is it a singular player that, that you model yourself after? Uh, as far as modeling, I probably a combination of players anywhere that I see, you know, somebody doing something good. I try to take, take uh, points from them. But as far as my ultimate um, defensive back, I always look at Charles Woodson um, just from a standpoint of being able to cover guys, being able to make plays on the ball, being able to come up and tackle, uh, to me, he's the ultimate, you know, defensive back. So that's somebody I look to uh, to try to try to be that kind of player, to be an ultimate playmaker. So that's probably the guy that, that I look to the most. You know, Paulson, uh, football IQ is something that has always been really important to Sean Payton, obviously very important in the NFL. But how did playing at Stanford and playing under Coach Akira help, help you learn the game and increase your football IQ to carry over to the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, for sure. Coach Akina did a great job just teaching us the game. Um, 
You know, he always wanted us to be not just the athletes on the outside as the corners and really be plugged into what everybody was doing. And, you know, sometimes the corners are just out there and they think, you know, I'm just covering this dude. The safeties tell me what to do. Um, and he kind of, you know, taught it to us in reverse and made sure that we were we were really locked in and able to call the calls, um, able to know what the nickel was doing, what the safety was doing, how the defense was built. So a lot of that credit I give to him and just him being a good teacher and then me being able to receive it and put it to use. I think you said you you played some receiver in your past. How much does that help with the ball aspect of it? Because we mentioned the eight interceptions and, you know, obviously that's a key part of being a cornerback is being able to use those skills when the ball's in the air. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I played receiver in high school. I actually went to All-American Gamers as a receiver coming out of high school. So I had interest on both sides of the ball. Receiver was probably the position that came the most natural to me growing up. So that, that has a lot to do with, you know, my confidence in going up and getting the ball. Um, but then also just a lot of work that I put in uh, as far as on the jug machine, you know, launching the ball 30 yards, high pointing it. You know, I probably – caught the most jugs at Stanford out of anybody. So for me, it was always, you know, even though I had that ability, just trying to, uh, you know, improve it every every so often as much as I could. So put a lot of work in on the jugs as well as a combination of just me being, having that natural ability. Okay, so you go to an All-American game as a receiver. How do you make that flip to defensive back for college? Well, I went to All-American game as a receiver, but I played defensive back. In, in high school as well. So I played, I started both ways, my junior and senior year playing receiver and corner. So started at receiver, started at corner. So it wasn't necessarily making a flip. It was just going from playing both to now, you know, let me find out how to just play one and be really good at it. So, you know, honestly, it was better for me to just be able to lock in on one position and then not have to go flip between two and now really lock in and, and really learn the game and really find out how to be a great defensive back. Yeah, but why why DB instead of instead of receiver? Why did you decide to focus on the one or the instead of the other? Yeah, for me, uh, a couple of different things. One, I like the the physical nature of playing DB. Um, you know, it's always better to be able to do the hidden than the than the get. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, other than that, also, I just felt like I had more upside as a DB. Um, felt like I could be a great defensive back. I could be a good receiver. So that kind of helped me make my decision. Say, you know what? Let me let me pick the position that gives me the most upside and really allows me to to be the best I could be. Paulson, the Saints defense has a certain swagger about them. You seem to fit in with that kind of confidence. Where does that confidence come from? We know you were the first team All Pac-12 in 2018, 2019, but it just seems like a part of who you are. Where does that confidence come from? Yeah, I mean, for me, the confidence comes from the work you put in. Um, you can talk as much as you want to, you can be as loud as you want to, but if you don't put in that work when it comes to, you know, time to play the game, the confidence isn't going to show. So for me, my confidence always comes in the fact that I feel like I'm the hardest working dude out there. I feel like I put in more work than anybody I step in front of. So that's where my confidence comes from. Paulson, uh, the the defensive back group for the New Orleans Saints, kind of that secondary, has their own type of personality. Marshawn kind of naps a lot. C.J. Garner-Johnson kind of talks a lot. Marcus Williams is kind of like the model. Who are you off the field? Where are you going to fit in? What is your personality? Man, I got I got a lot of different sides to me. I mean, I'm happy. I'm goofy, but I'm also serious. So 
honestly, it just depends on the day. But, you know, I'm just excited to get get down there with those guys, learn them, you know, get to know them a little bit and just get ready to compete with them. Last question for – oh, sorry, J.D., go ahead. No, I was about to say, you say things, you know, everything that happens has to happen. But do you feel like this – the Saints is almost the perfect situation for you in that – you know, they're looking for an outside corner. That's the position that you play and not assuming that you're going to start in that position, but there is the need there for a guy of your skills. Yeah, personally, I feel like it's the perfect position for me because that's a team that chose me. So for me, <laughs> they chose me. I'm ready to do it. I'm happy they chose me, so I'm ready to come in and work. Um, not necessarily looking at, you know, oh, because they have a vacancy or anything like that. For me, it was, you know, whatever team chose me, I'm going to come in and work in, and work for that starting spot. All right, Paulson, last question before we let you go. What do you know about New Orleans? We know you're from Texas. You kind of ventured out to go to Stanford. What do you know about New Orleans? What are you looking forward to about New Orleans? Yeah, I know they got a lot of culture. I know their fans are, you know, super lively. They really back their team. So I'm excited to get down there, um, kind of get in touch with the culture, get in touch with the fans, and just really learn more about the environment. Never been down there. So, you know, I feel like I'll have a fun time. Uh, it, it'll be an exciting time for me. Uh, coming into the league and, and it'll be a good spot for me to start my career and hopefully finish my career. Hopefully so. Well, the Saints, I'm sure, are happy to have you. Saints fans, happy to see you play. Paulson, we appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thanks so much. Good luck. Joining us now on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek, it is the Paulson Adebo Show. We are welcoming on his head coach from Stanford University, head coach David Shaw, who just finished his 11th season as the head coach for the Stanford football team, the winningest coach in program history, a Stanford alum himself. He coached with Saints head coach Sean Payton in Philadelphia with the Eagles. We consider him a dear friend here on the show. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, Excited to talk to you. Coach, real quick, I want to go back to uh, the month of December. Obviously, congratulations, first of all, on having uh, several players drafted in this year's NFL draft. But um, when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, I want to go back to December real quick. And Sean Payton was a guest on the Huddle and Flow podcast with our good friend Steve Weish, and they're talking about diversity in the front uh, front office and coaching staff throughout the NFL. He mentions your name as someone he'd like to see as a head coach in the NFL. What does that mean to you? What did you think when you heard that news from Sean Payton? Well, I, I was very appreciative um, and uh, I reached out to Sean to see if he was going to represent me uh, in future <laughs> contract negotiations. Um, but, you know, I, I was honored. Um, Sean is someone I, I have known for a long time and respect um, very much. And um, uh, to know that that's the way that he thinks about me, I think was, was, was very humbling. Um, and uh, really trying to stoke people is really what we're trying to do is to owners and general managers and team presidents to really open up those, those, their, 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 their view to the best candidates, regardless of where they're from or who they, what they look like. Um, and I appreciate Sean's effort there because um, the bottom line is, and Sean understands this like a few guys also do, which is it, it, the people that are gonna make the most difference are the people that look like Sean, not the people that look like me. Um, so for guys like Sean Payton, uh, that to step up and in a vocal way to really put pressure on owners to have open processes to find their the team presidents, their GM general managers, and their head coaches um, is is an outstanding stance for for Sean to take. Well, we might see you on the coaching staff here soon, David. 
<laughs> well, uh, again, congratulations on five members of the Sanford football team being selected in this year's NFL draft. How does that feel as a coach just to, to see the work that so many players put in and their dreams come to, to fruition after so long of having them and, and putting in the work? It's fulfilling. Um, there's a parental you know, feeling that, that, you know, I'm not a parent, so I don't get that feeling. Um, but at the same time, the, their parents send them to me and I take it very personally. They're sending them to me and they have hopes and they have dreams and things that they want to accomplish in school, things they want to accomplish on the football field. And they all want to play in the NFL. And for these five guys to get drafted and the five guys we've got signed, I mean, we've been putting 10 guys in the NFL yeah. Uh, this week that signed contracts. And that is so exciting to me that we were able to play our part, come through on the promise uh, we made to those parents that we were going to take care of them and give them the opportunity to compete, uh, to come out with a Stanford degree. I want to say all of them except for one um, are coming out as, as seniors. And if they haven't finished, they maybe have one or two classes left. So they did their academic work at Stanford. They played great football and teams like the Saints valued who they were as football players and people and added them to their teams. So David, before we go to Paulson, I got to go a little bit farther back into, into to your past because Caroline mentioned that, you know, we might see you on staff here. We have had a Shaw on staff here in New Orleans. I'm your dad, Willie, <laughs> in 97. How much of a foundation did he lay for you in this profession as you go forward? Uh, well, he's the reason why I'm in coaching and um, yes, we moved around a bunch. Assistant coach's life is difficult. Um, but at the same time, I, I loved bumping into people that my dad coached and they talked about how much he influenced them as, a, as, a, as players, as people. Um, and that role of a coach in their life was so important that I kind of always looked up to that. I, I initially didn't want to do it, but then once I started doing it, I couldn't stop because it was, it was kind of who I am. And, our, and our, our roots go extremely deep in Louisiana. My dad was born in Glenmore, Louisiana. Um, 20 miles outside, about 20 minutes outside of Alexandria. Um, so that's where we spent a lot of time with the family reunions, et cetera. So uh, we've, we've got really deep roots down there. And then for my dad to come back with Mike Ditka and work at the Saints and coach some great guys and have such a positive thing. And his extended family was able to come to games, which I know he really appreciated. Um, and now having another connection there outside of my personal connection with Sean, um, uh, Andrews Pete, you know, who's gone to a couple of Pro Bowls now, big time guard. Um, so now I have another guy there in that in that building um, and, and that defense in particular, I think is a great fit for Paulson. Hey, what, yeah, you guys are going to start challenging uh, Ohio State for, you know, Stanford, Stanford yeah. East now <laughs> pretty much here in New Orleans. <laughs> but but speaking of Paulson, what makes him an NFL ready cornerback? Well, there, there are a few things. And um, I, I felt bad for Paulson because he opted out and the opt-out thing was really uneven. Um, some guys opted out and had no effect on their draft status. Some guys opted out and it did. Um, he was one of those, one of those that, that honestly it did because when you truly watch the film and you study the film, um, when this guy played for two years, he was the most productive corner in America. Not one of, the, one of them. He was the most productive corner in America over a two-year span. Um, he's got a history as a receiver. That's where most people recruited him as a receiver. And we're all going back and forth. So he's got ball skills. Um, he understands route combinations. He reads the quarterback. Um, he ran a 4-4-1, 4-4-5 uh, at the pro day. Um, he's got long arms. He's over six foot. So that's what the NFL needs. You need guys that are long, fast, physical. He's a great tackler. 
and have ball skills. Uh, my dad's an old defensive back coach, and he always says, hey, the job of the corners is to make the ball bounce, you know, deflect the passes, get it, or take it. And uh, he's one of those guys that can do that. And now going to the Saints, uh, you got a superstar on the other side, so I know he's going to see a lot of action uh, when he gets a chance to play, um, which is what he would love. Um, he loves to challenge himself, and he loves to be challenged. He seems to have the requisite characteristics, confidence <laughs> to play that position. What's his personality? I love his personality. Um, Paulson is a deep thinker. Um, he's not an overthinker, but he's a deep thinker. If he decides to do something, he's done his research. He has his backing. He'll, he'll give you A to Z, why this is the best thing to do. And at the same time, he'll say, okay, well, what do you think? Right? He and I have had unbelievable philosophical conversations that were not confrontational at all. But he's a really, really smart guy. So it, it, it's life, it's football, et cetera. He studies, like he knows what to do. He knows why to do it. Um, he'll be the guy in the, in, the, in the meeting room when something gets installed and say, hey, do you want it this way or the other way? You know, and, and be able to say, okay, great, because he, he gets concepts. So um, I'm excited for him. Uh, we had to move people around through injuries and it took him about two days to learn another spot. We put him in the nickel. Um, he knows, he knew what the safeties were doing. So this is a guy that, that that's going to come in. He's ready to compete. He's got all the physical attributes. As you said, he's got that confidence um, and to go out there and play. And not to mention, he's got that intelligence if they have to move him and play nickel or play safety or wherever. Um, but day one, this guy's a corner and he's going to be out there. And I think he's going to play really well. Prior to the pick, did, did you and Sean converse much about him or about prospects? Uh, we did not. We did not. Uh, through the years, um, sometimes Sean reaches out, sometimes he doesn't. Um, I know orga organizationally, uh, some things you have to keep on the QT. He did call me about Andrews. We did talk about Andrews, you know, when you're picking that high and you, you see the talent that Andrews had and, and Andrews wasn't quite there yet, to, but that you could see it was, it was, it was coming. Um, but no, it, it, we, I didn't get a call. I knew, I knew certain teams that I thought, I thought Paulson would fit their solid defense. What Dennis Allen does, I think is a great fit. Um, and I don't reach out because I know sometimes guys won't want to tell me. So I, I don't bother. Um, but I was excited to see that he got picked to go there. Um, to me, it was one of the top five places that I think Paulson will be able to come in and play right away. Coach, can you speak to Paulson's growth uh, in his two years from his sophomore season to 2018 to what you saw in 2019 when he led the Pac-12 in interceptions? Just his growth after working with, uh, you know, Coach Akina, just what he was able to do in those two seasons. Yeah, and you when you talk to Paulson, too, he will be quick to bring up uh, Coach Akina, um, really pushing him and really giving him the, the tools between the ears because that's that's where great play is, right? If you're My dad used to say, if you're really, really fast, but you make bad decisions, that means you're running really fast in the wrong direction, right? <laughs> so this is a guy that knows what to do and how to do it. He's got the speed and, and athletic ability to do it. Um, but Paulson didn't play as a freshman. He wasn't quite ready. We had some really, really good players out there. So he redshirted. So what a lot of guys do during a redshirt year is they kind of say, well, I'm going to work hard enough not for anybody to get mad at me, but I'm kind of coasting. Paulson Adebo was one of the hardest working guys on the team, and he wasn't even playing. I mean, you ask anybody on our staff, there are stories about guys coming, going home at, at 8 o'clock at night on a Sunday, and we didn't even practice on Sundays, and there's Paulson Adebo out there by himself putting up his own cones, working on drills. Um, he'd, he would stay after practice. He'd grab a couple of receivers. Hey, let's work on releases and press. Um, he'd stay out there. Even after those guys were done, he would stay out there with the jugs machine, making catches, et cetera. So 
it, there was no surprise to anybody on our staff, anybody on our team when he came out his sophomore year and was dominant because he spent that entire freshman year truly working, not every once in a while, but every single day to improve. And that's his mentality. He is hard on himself. He pushes himself. Um, he wants to be great and he's willing to put in the work to be there. Well, it seems to me that his freshman year and his senior year were kind of similar in, in his work ethic and his hard work. And excuse my ignorance on this, Coach, if if I'm unfamiliar with this, but were you in constant communication with Paulson during his time away? I know he trained at EXO. So what did that look like for players who were still kind of a part of the team, but they opted out, they weren't there, they were maybe taking classes remote and, and you know, getting ready for the NFL draft? We touched base a few times and we talked, you know, after the draft. And um, like I said, when he was with us, he and I would have like real serious, long conversations. We talked about politics. We talked a little bit about religion. We talked about football. We talked about um, his family um, being from Africa and the different things that they've seen and gone through. And uh, so when he wasn't with us, I missed those conversations. He kept saying, Coach, you guys were in season. I didn't want to bother you. Um, but I anticipate we'll continue to have those conversations because he's part of us. He's part of me. Um, and, and we try to, of course, pour as much as we can into these young men uh, and get prepare them for the world before they, they leave us. And um, yes, he was part of the team. He wasn't there, but he was in constant communication with our guys. Uh, um, they love him. He loves us. Um, so, but, I, but, and everybody's excited for him. I think this is going to be a great situation. David, did you feel that philosophical nature of his and that well-roundedness made him a better player? Because I know sometimes, you know, in some instances, instances, coaches might like a guy who's a lot more laser focused on the one thing. And yet, you know, you find guys who are like Paulson, who are able to to handle a multitude of topics in, in that manner. Absolutely. And it's kind of the Stanford, the Stanford way of thinking, which is opposite from other places. Some people say, you can't be, you, you have to, in order to be great in football, you have to kind of let everything else slide. You have to put, put your focus. But honestly, anything more than four hours a day, now you're just spinning your wheels. So to say that now the rest of the day, the other 20 hours of the day, you still need to be just thinking about football. Uh, we, we disagree with that. We say we want you to have other interests, but we also want you to be great in that. So when you talk to people, you know, you talk to people that are successful whatever they do, they pour themselves into and not, and it's not too much, right? When it's time for football, great. I'm going to be great in football. When I come home, it's time to be a member of my family. I'm going to be a great member of my family, but then whatever my other interests are, if I want to play golf, I'm not going to go out there and just slice the ball all the time. I'm actually going to work on it. I'm going to spend some time when I go to the driving range. So whatever else is in my life, I want that to be excellent. And, and that's one of those things with, like I talk about with Paulson, where if he wants to talk about something, he's not just shooting off the cuff. He's like, hey, I'm interested in this. Let me read something about it. Let me research this. Let me, let me make sure I make an informed decision about what I feel and what I think and what I do. Um, and that to me is, is what the stamp being at Stanford is all about. Um, and, and I'm excited for him to, to bring that to, to the Saints. Coach, I'm is he reminiscent of any player that you can think of? I mean, I guess – it, it seems the natural that any Stanford defensive back comes out and everybody, the first thing they say is Richard Sherman, but is he reminiscent of anyone that, that you can think of? Uh, as far as confidence, absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Now, Paulson doesn't talk like Richard talks. Um, Paulson sometimes doesn't talk and Richard sometimes doesn't stop talking. Uh, <laughs> but that confidence and that preparation, and they're both very cerebral guys, like they'll be able to tell you, hey, I, I intercepted that ball because 
I saw the tight end break in and I know when the tight end breaks in, this guy breaks in right behind him. So I jumped it, right. They can see the whole game. And that's where they're now Richard's Richard's a little bit taller, a little bit longer. And Richard's six, three and has like a six, six wingspan. Um, Pulse is not that tall, but Pulse is also significantly faster. Um, so the, they're, they do have some traits, uh, but the most important trait is they love being out there on that Island. Um, they're not going to shy down from competition against anybody. Um, and both guys stepped in the NFL, ready to go. Don't worry, coach. I think we have a few players on the team that'll do all the talking for Paulson as long as he comes out of the Well, coach, we appreciate your time so much. Again, congratulations on having five players drafted, five players signing on with teams uh, following the draft. We really appreciate your time and, and good luck this season. I appreciate it. Nice talking to you both. Thanks to Paulson and Coach Shaw for joining us. I'm sure Saints fans will welcome Paulson with open arms as soon as he touches down in the 504. Saints fans, if you want even more draftee content, we're rolling out interviews on our Saints draftees with Saints legends on NewOrleansSaints.com. Yep, Saints draftees with Saints legends. Those interviews are available, like I said, on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app, so make sure you check it out. If you haven't turned on those notifications, turn them on right now so you can be notified first when the Saints schedule is released in just five days. Five days, Saints fans, until we know what the 2021 schedule will look like for the Saints. I, for one, cannot wait. All right, that'll do it for the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We, of course, will have more episodes rolling out next week, so make sure you check them out on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app, and, of course, have those notifications turned on. All right, for John DeShazer, for Paulson Adibo, and David Shaw, I am Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.